Welcome to Leaders of Analytics. Leaders of Analytics is about data-driven decision-making, modern business leadership, and the use of data and artificial intelligence in business and society. Each episode investigates the strategies, tools, techniques, and leadership required to succeed in a world increasingly driven by data and analytics. The show's guests share their stories and experiences in a way that helps you understand the big concepts and small details that make all the difference in today's world of business. I am your host, Jonas Christensen, and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode of Leaders of Analytics. Is AI hype or the real deal? Those who make a living from selling AI solutions will definitely say it's the real deal. Personally, I will say maybe or it depends. There are definitely some elegant and very functional AI solutions out there that have made our lives easier and more efficient. Just think about the algorithms driving Netflix and YouTube's video recommendations or the facial recognition feature on your phone that saves you a few seconds every time you unlock it. But for every useful AI solution, There are probably hundreds of solutions that don't meet the functional, economical, or ethical standards of their end users. So, what is the trick to building useful and impactful AI solutions that are also financially viable for those who create them? To answer this question, I recently spoke to Corey Quinn, who is the Chief Cloud Economist at the Duckbill Group, And he is also the founder of two of my favorite podcasts on cloud technology called Screaming in the Cloud and AWS Morning Brief. As you will notice, Corey combines an excellent sense of humor with a deep understanding of the cloud and everything that surrounds it. So he is definitely the right person to go to for an unfiltered view of the hype that surrounds a lot of AI solutions. In this episode of Leaders of Analytics, we will be unlocking a level of insight on AI in the cloud that's both penetrating and hilarious. So let's get to it. According to Corey, the plethora of AI and machine learning solutions being sold as the best things since sliced bread often lack general applicability to the problems they are designed to solve, or they are simply just overly complex solutions to those same problems. There's a whole bunch of companies out there that are offering AI slash ML solutions that purport to do a whole bunch of things. But the marketing around all of these things seems to be largely driven by hype. They're talking about how what they do and how they do it and how difficult it is, and that's all well and good. The problem is, is that they're not doing a clear job of articulating the problem that they solve for. When you take a look at different offerings out there, it always either goes down in one of two cases. One is it's something that is highly specific to a particular industry or environment that requires 
a tremendous corpus of data around that. Okay, we look at a whole bunch of credit card transactions and can identify the fraudulent ones. Great. That's awesome, except for the part where you kind of need to have a whole bunch of credit card transactions for that to work. Anytime you start seeing things that are more generalized in that space, it often gets into sounding ludicrous, like when WeWork was talking about, we're going to use AI and machine learning and data science and five other buzzwords to figure out that when people at at certain times of the morning wanted coffee, there was, there was congestion. So we solved this by hiring a second barista. And the obvious rejoinder being, wait, you spent how much in data science to figure out that people like to drink coffee in the morning? Are you serious? It becomes a strange conversation. In Corey's opinion, the biggest benefactors from the corporate world's focus on using AI are not currently the companies that deploy these AI solutions, but cloud computing infrastructure providers like Google, Azure, and AWS, and the independent solution vendors that supply the cloud ecosystems with more tailored solutions. In many cases, AI is not the most straightforward solution to a business problem, but it sounds kind of cool to say we use AI. When we talk about running your own AI ML experiments, workloads, etc. The two things you need are an awful lot of compute and an often very expensive compute in the form of specific GPUs that are currently being bought up off of the market by every cryptocurrency mining fool in the world. And you need a bunch of data that you're going to have that compute operate on. And cloud providers are terrifically well positioned to sell both of those things because whether something comes out of those AI ML experiments or not, they're getting to bill by the hour, by the second, by the gigabyte month, whatever their billing dimensions are for both of those things. And then you go to the other side where you have these providers that are putting together higher level platform services that leverage AI or ML or a bunch of if statements or math, depending upon how cynical the person you're talking to is, about something like Amazon's recognition, spelled with a K, because of course it is. And it looks at a picture and determines, ah, this is a picture of a dog. Great. Well, as a customer, what I care about is I have a business problem that I have a picture and I don't know if there's a dog in that picture. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to do whatever the hell it is that you do and come back with a yes or no and ideally a confidence interval on that. Great. Every story beyond that and the fact that you solved that problem for me is wasted energy and effort because I honestly don't care. I don't care what algorithms you're using. I don't care how hard it is on the back end. I don't care if you're using machine learning versus someone who can type super fast and press the yes or no button every time a picture comes in. Because from a business perspective, is there a dog in this picture is the only concern that I as a customer have. And like so much that is in this stage of the hype cycle, that's getting lost. Customer needs and customer pains aren't being addressed. Instead, it's all about how they're doing what they're doing. And sure, there's an audience for that, but in many cases, that audience is not the one that these things are being sold to. If so many AI and machine learning projects are simply just complicated solutions to simple problems, then what is actually the potential of AI and machine learning? Will it revolutionize the way we do things or will it fall flat on its face? It remains to be seen. I mean, fundamentally, the idea of can computers make signal appear from noise. Oh, absolutely. We've seen examples of this. Can computers do phenomenal things with relatively few inputs? Sure. If you put a bunch of bias into your data sets, will the computer echo that bias and what it turns out? 
almost certainly, and we've seen that, where people are using, in some cases, AIML for bias laundering, for lack of a better term. The problem that I keep running into is that whenever people start talking about all of the potential that this field offers and all the things it's going to unlock, it either falls down into one of those two cases, either write a whole bunch of nonsense yourself from first principles for your specific use case, or use something super high level where the fact that it's ML powered is kind of based on trivia more than almost anything else. Everything seems to be very industry or company specific. And again, that's not a knock on the folks who are working in this space, far from it. I think it's still very early days. And I think that there's an awful lot that isn't being communicated from a story perspective, just because there are things we don't know the answer to here. It'll shake out one way or the other. Either what I'm saying now is going to be super quaint. And yeah, remember back when no one thought anything good would uh, happen from this? Yeah, then Skynet rose and killed him for his heresy. Great. Or alternately, it's going to be one of those, wow, you didn't go for that whole AIML thing. And now that it's been basically debunked for almost every common use case, wow, you are ahead of your time. Either way, it, it, it doesn't cost me anything to sit here making these predictions. It's just... It's not something that in the common case, I see companies falling all over themselves for. In my opinion, the long, complex, and sometimes slightly manual task of data preparation is the most critical part of the model building process. Unfortunately, as the complexity of AI and machine learning solutions grow, so does the need for data preparation, manipulation, and management. The question is, do we have the balance right between data preparation versus using the data for building AI and machine learning solutions? Well, on some level, once you put it into the machine learning model, to my understanding, an awful lot of it is, and now we wait for it to complete. It's the modern day equivalent of my code's compiling as you sit around goofing off in the office. I know that every person I talk to who's into the space bemoans the amount of time they have to spend on normalizing data so it fits in appropriately. When I've done a few weird one-off experiments here with GPT or Markov chains, I find that most of my time is spent on extracting and transforming the data into something that I'm able to work with in the context of those models. And that's just small-scale experiments. Doing this at large scale, where you've been collecting petabytes of data for years on end, it's a very different story. It's why we see things like AWS Glue being uh, given such uh, reverence, where we see folks operating instead of on the data lake or data swamp or whatever you want to call it, in many cases, they're starting to operate more in terms of streams, where as data moves through the system, you can do the transforms and the assessment on the fly. Again, it all comes down to workloads, to my understanding. Cloud computing is mentioned by many as the technology that will finally allow us to unlock the value and potential of big data. With unlimited compute and storage capacity available at low marginal cost, cloud computing seems like the canvas on which the future of AI and machine learning is painted. But most AI solutions require a lot of storage to house big datasets and a lot of processing power to run complex calculations. On top of that, it takes plenty of experimentation, model tuning, and ongoing monitoring of model outputs. These factors can make cloud-based AI solutions quite expensive in the long run. So, is cloud computing fundamental to building AI and machine learning at scale, or is it overvalued? 
I think that it's fundamentally going to be where the data lives, and we're seeing a rise of cloud across the board. I don't think that AIML are responsible for the rise of cloud. I think it's also very advantageous politically to wind up doing an AIML experiment when you can buy the expensive form of compute you need to do it effectively and rent it by the hour, as opposed to having to worry about buying a bunch of GPUs that are potentially going to be out of date in a few months, get them in and Economically, yeah, you can wind up doing extensive levels of compute on-premises for far less money than you will do with any cloud provider, assuming you run them all the time for three years. When you just want to do an experiment and get started and there's a data gravity situation, well, the numbers change significantly. I will say, though, that across the board, with remarkably few exceptions, the amount of money that companies spend on infrastructure is dwarfed by the amount of money that they spend on the people using that infrastructure. In other words, data scientists and data engineers cost more than storing the data and running compute on the data in almost every case, unless you're dealing with a runaway bill situation or you're in a very particular niche. With so many AI and machine learning solutions being built and crazy amounts of data being collected and housed around the globe, it should only be a matter of time before AI and machine learning becomes a cornerstone of modern business practice. In Corey's view, this won't happen until business leaders learn how to connect real customer problems to data science solutions. I would say it's hard to attribute aspects of what we see success in the market versus failure to specific principles or management styles. I think it has to do much more with understanding customers and being able to communicate with them in a way that resonates with them. Um, Take a look, for example, at AWS Bills, where I tend to spend most of my time at the Duckbill Group. We take a look at companies that are spending, in some cases, hundreds of millions a year on their AWS bill, and it's a bounded problem space. But all the AIML tools that have been deployed in this space so far fall far short of what the answers the customers are after. And it's a bounded problem space, which is the thing that makes me so bearish on this entire approach. It, oh, it looks like you're you are paying for a bunch of instances that are not heavily loaded. Turn them off. Great, I appreciate the analytics that can tell me that. You could call that a machine learning algorithm. You could call it sorting by a particular column, whatever. But there's no visibility into the business context that that's the DR site. And if you turn it off, you're going to have a problem as soon as you need that thing with no notice. There's, even within this space, that's a relatively narrow niche where these providers know an awful lot about the usage patterns on a global level, we still haven't seen intelligence arise from a data science perspective that leads to better outcomes across the board. And on the rare occasions that they do, for example, AWS's compute optimizer or savings plans recommendations, great, it doesn't wind up letting you do anything approaching scenario modeling such as, well, if we spent half of that, what would the savings be? No one knows. And when you're dealing with people and customers who are trying to actively predict what budget cycles are going to look like, that doesn't cut it. According to Corey, data professionals who focus on solving this shortcoming in the predominant approach will likely have interesting, rewarding, and impactful careers. Therefore, data professionals should think about the problems they want to solve and be strategic in their approach. I go back to some of the fundamentals when it comes to questions like this, where I take a look at the thing that interests me and the thing that I want to work on, and then I try and map that directly to business problems. I think that it's always going to be a harder sell to walk up to some random company and say, hi, 
I'm a data scientist. I'd like to work here and find a job versus the, hi, I'm a person. And yeah, I have a background in data science and a few other things, but I'm an expert in, and then fill in the blank with an expensive business problem in identifying fraud earlier in the process, in arriving at solutions far sooner than you currently are able to. Because the fact that it's AI or ML that does it is almost irrelevant to the strategic direction of most companies and is instead built upon, we have a problem that is impeding our time to market. How can we get to market with a feature faster? And if the answer to that lies in AI ML, great. If the answer to that is hiring a whole bunch of gig workers and having them do things, companies will do that too, provided the numbers work out. I think that aligning whatever it is that you're doing as a specialty with the, with the stated and expressed pains that a business has is usually the right path forward for almost every career. And I don't fundamentally believe that AI or ML is different in that regard, because if so, it would be one of the first times in history that that were true. Which AI and machine learning use cases have legs and which don't? As Corey sees it, we don't have a clear answer to this question just yet. It really depends. I don't have a whole lot of insight industry-wide. I talk to companies who are doing different things or building different things using AI ML. A lot of them are in earlier stages as opposed to later. I, my The way that I tend to evaluate this is I look at who their customers are. And if their customers stand up and say that this company's offering has materially changed the way that we do business and gotten us further, faster, or somewhere that we would never have been able to get to alone, then I take it seriously. But an awful lot of companies that are playing in this space don't have customer references like that. The When you dig down into what they've, the problems they've solved for customers as reported by their own testimonials, it really gets into it. Yeah, this was helpful. And it saved us time having to get there ourselves in a different way. It's, it's always one of those marginal improvements, not transformative improvements. I don't see a whole lot of those transformative improvements yet. And either that's because it's not there or it is there and it's not being articulated clearly, at least in the spaces that I tend to inhabit. So what does it then take to build profitable AI at scale like they do at Netflix, Google, Facebook, and YouTube. In Corey's view, the first step in any AI build should be to create an understanding of the economics behind the potential solution. It comes down to first understanding the model of economics that the AI workload winds up fitting into. On some level, I mean, if you want, like you just gave an example of YouTube, for instance. All right, it is possible, of course, for them to have AI recommendation algorithms that take a look at a user's streaming history and make recommendations for what is likelier to increase views or stickiness of that user. That clearly makes some sense. Now, the problem, of course, is I'm sure that they come up with algorithms that will do the exact same thing or even improve the results. And the answer is something like, oh, that'll only cost us a million dollars a day in terms of the raw compute needed. And at that point, for most workloads, that doesn't make sense economically. But if you're going to spend a million dollars a day running some AI algorithm that goes super deep into a bounded problem space, 
And for example, most recently, if we take a look at, let's say that there was some machine learning algorithm that was able to identify some various flow dynamic stuff and determine the best way to unstick the ship that was stuck in the middle of the Suez Canal, just running that thing for a few days at, million, at a million bucks an hour makes sense? Oh, absolutely. Run that all day, every day until that problem gets solved and you get the ship out of the way due to the cost tied to it. It really comes down to what are the constraints and what does profitability look like? Plus, with a bunch of early stage startups that are still trying to find product market fit, profitability isn't really a concern yet. Making cloud-based AI and machine learning solutions profitable doesn't just require a focus on finding appropriate solutions for customer problems. Those who build and deploy workloads in the cloud must also have a solid understanding of cloud economics. And this is often lacking among data and IT professionals. Fundamentally, I think it's across the board that they treat the cloud environment like it's an extension of their data center, where they run a bunch of VMs in the cloud, link it back to their on-premises data center, and call it good. That's a really expensive way to operate when you're not scaling things up and down, when you're not taking advantage of differentiated services higher up the stack. And that becomes something that's painful for an awful lot of shops. And no one intends to do that, by the way. They just sort of get stuck. The problem is, is that things that excite companies are always around capability stories, not around cost savings. Companies want to be good stewards of the money invested slash entrusted with them, and they want to improve margins. But at some point, they need to stop doing that and instead focus on improving revenue because there's a theoretical upper bound of 100% of their IT spend that they're going to be able to save, but they can bring in multiples of that in terms of revenue by launching a new feature or a new product to the right market sooner. And companies are always going to put cost savings on a back burner. Now, does that mean that every, as a result of that, that means that every time we take a look at these on-premises environments that have then been effectively forklifted into the cloud, it's not necessarily a failure. It's almost certainly that something else is higher priority than cloudifying their existing environment. And that's okay. It's easy to sit here from the outside and cast stones and make fun of different companies for doing things the way that they do, but it's not productive and it's unfair. There are always constraints we don't see from the outside and I get it. My commentary slash snark slash personality defects tend to focus primarily around the, this world from a best practices and in the general sense perspective. In the individual case, companies are almost always correct in what they're doing because they put more thought into it than the general case. Now, if they haven't, that's a separate problem. The task of figuring out how to use AI for the benefit of your organization might seem as daunting as it is appealing. But fear not. Corey has three recommendations for organizations starting their cloud AI journey. Define the outcome that you're after, for one. Uh, very often, companies will start doing a thing because they feel like they should be doing it rather than based upon it addressing a specific need that their business has. I would make sure to approach things with a somewhat skeptical view when someone's job description or resume is hinging upon exploring certain technologies. That's great. And if you want to support that, it makes sense to do it. I mean, I'm a big believer in helping talent develop. Don't get me wrong, but it has to align and go into it with your eyes open. Understand what, not just what success looks like, but what failure looks like. At what point has the experiment not paid off and needs to be, needs to be ended? Because otherwise you're going to see folks continuing to tilt at some of the same windmills that haven't really progressed beyond the early days of MapReduce and how to solve big data analysis questions that 
Google put out in their white paper all those years ago. Hey, quickly before you go, I want to make you aware of my new book that's coming out very soon. It's called Demystifying AI for the Enterprise. And I have co-written this book with six other experts in the field of data science. We consider it a playbook for digital transformation in the 2020s. If you'd like to know more about it, then head to leadersofanalytics.com slash AI. That's leadersofanalytics.com slash AI. See you soon. <laughs>